On today's episode of Strike Gold, we have Efrat Fenningson talking about why your CMO is as important as your CTO. You're listening to Strike Gold with Jonathan Khan and Roy Pravarchik, and today we have an amazing visitor with us today. We have Efrat Fenningson. You did good with the name. You yes, never get the name. I'm telling you, I'm locking it down. I'm, I've been practicing at home. <laughs> I, I just try. I just read. <laughs> How I many read. times did you say it? I just, uh, I just start looking through the old, uh, the old books full of names and phone numbers, <laughs> and I just read out names, just saying them. <laughs> That's a hobby. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. So, yes, Efrat, thank you so much for joining us. I've actually been expecting this for a long while. Uh, we met, I think the first the first time you and I met was through, we did a, uh, there was a meeting, like marketing meeting. Yeah, 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 for B2B marketeers, I think yes, it was. Yes, yes. And I, that's, I think that was the first time we met. We talked a little bit about LinkedIn. Yeah. And I said, like, it doesn't work for me at all. And you yeah. looked at me and said, it works amazing. Amazing. <laughs> and, I yeah. like, and I was like, <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> um, and then we met again uh, when you were at Aerobotics. Yeah. Now, before I'm going to spoil where you've been, what you, I want you to do the, like, the intro for okay. you. Okay, no worries. All right, so uh, quick intro. Officially now I'm on holiday <laughs> after... Um, about three years at Aerotics. Mm-hmm. I've finished in the end of last year, and um, I'm taking my time. This is the That's time, good. because for about 12 years, I didn't have time off. So now is my time to do stuff that I love wow. before I jump in to the next thing. And there is a lot out there, so I'm kind of like overwhelmed with how much there is, and, and I'm choosing, which is amazing. Um, before robotics, I used to work for a, a France Telecom subsidiary in Israel called mm-hmm. Orca. Uh, and then before that, I was there for close to six years. That's a B2B tech company. And before that, I was uh, at the Israel Export Institute uh, for about three years, uh, heading the new media sector. And then before that, I used to live in Australia for about six years. And, um, and you had a different name at the time. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was before the relocation of the, the witness yeah, protection. Yeah, it was called Rachel Jones. <laughs> Rachel Jones. <laughs> and so in Australia, I, I went there because I studied there. I did my bachelor's degree in computer science at Monash University in Melbourne. And when I graduated, I worked for about three years as a computer programmer. I programmed video games, mostly Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo. And you got John. I just got excited. Consoles, <laughs> yeah. was like twelve years no vacation. I was like, oh god, this is horrible. <laughs> and she goes, uh, PlayStation. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> woo. It was fun. It was fun programming that kind of... Uh, yeah, that sounds amazing. If you're a programmer, you may as well do video games. Like, yeah, that. Yeah. that is the shit. How did you switch from, from programming to marketing? It was very easy. I looked at the <laughs> screen one morning. I said, enough. Fuck <laughs> this. I'm out. I can't do that anymore. I mean, the company was great. People were great. It was as creative as it can be as a programmer, but I'm not a programmer. I mean, yeah. I'm not a... Being heart and soul. Yeah, I'm a people's person. I can't just sit there with the code and maybe one or two other people from my team. Yeah. I need people and I need to create stuff. And I need to go wider. Which they don't talk wider. to you because they're not people person. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. uh, there were amazing people that I worked with that I'm friends with until today, but I just had to do something else. And since I was so young, I was like 25 when I left, I didn't know what else was out there in high tech. What else can I do in a tech company? Mm-hmm. So I decided that I'm, I want to move to the business side, but I have no intention to go back to university to do a business degree. Yeah. So I decided to open my own business and learn everything I need to know about business. And I opened my own jewelry uh, store. I had two stores. Um, I, yeah, I didn't and, know any of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had two stores in Melbourne, one in the shopping center, one next to my house. And um, and I ran a business, and I had an e-commerce uh, store as yeah. well on eBay. It was two, 2006 or seven, really. You're like the first seller. Yeah, eBay. it was. I feel like if we go and we fun. find the jewelry, we're gonna find like little hidden Xbox, the PlayStation <laughs> like <laughs> keys, like XO square triangle. I'm like, what? You know, That's I PlayStation. kept those games, the physical games, the console games. Till today, I have got them in my house, and I sh- I show them to my son as a proof because he doesn't yeah. believe. Yeah. Mom was at, cool. Yeah, he's at Fortnite. You know, playing yeah, all day. Night, and he's like, kid. play with me. And I'm like, I have no 
interest. And you go, how come you were and doing like, that stuff? This is so ridiculously like, easy to program. And he said, I don't believe you that you used to do that. I said, here's the proof. SpongeBob SquarePants. I did all that stuff. And you're like, I don't do that's not me anymore. No, you're like with a dramatic voice. No, but you should just. I think it would be really cool if you just frame them. You make like one big frame with all the games, and then underneath it says in small, very very small insignia in like script, it says. Mom was cool. <laughs> that's it. Was. <laughs> Mom was well, cool. For, well, for kids, you're never cool for your kids. Yeah, you're never going to be cool. It's just that's, that's the no? definition. No, I think I was cool one time for my son when I brought a drone to his school. Oh. Nah. Yeah, I did. And like, it picked up children and the flew whole... them to class. Yeah, they, yeah, the kids were like ecstatic. I brought an aerobotics drone and a small oh. DJI drone. I brought two and they were, well, you were not with the box off and the moon. Hey? Not the box. Not the box, yeah. just the drone. The drone is big. It's yeah. a 180 yeah, it centimeters. A it a grabs a child. It can, grab it. <laughs> it can actually no, grab it can, a child. It can grab a baby. <laughs> <laughs> a newborn. That's I'm, cool. Okay. Now I know what I'm doing with it. No, I'm <laughs> thinking, Stealing babies. I'm just, now I'm just thinking for like uh, solutions for parents. You know, yeah, we know when your kids are very small, they have this uh, thing where you put them, they sit on it, it kind of moves a little bit. Yeah. Like it's called the... Uh, oh, like the, the shaking thing, the rocking thing. Yeah, thing like, like, okay, yeah. Okay. We, we call it... They used to have a swing. Now it does like rotations and eights yeah. and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. We, Sorry, we, it's like a vibrator. Yeah. yeah. It works it does, really well yeah. for them. But, just, but I always but, like but, the difference when you come to the store and you're like, what do I get? The eight circle? Or the regular swing? Or we're going vintage? Or we just gonna push the kid <laughs> with our foot? <laughs> no, we, we used to call it like uh, in Hebrew, we, um, the Maznichon. Maznichon. Ah, oh, nice, because you just leave them alone. Yeah, it's like a neglector. Yeah, it's Amazing. a neglector. Because, like, That's I, what I used to I call my dad. for myself. <laughs> <laughs> just a neglector. That's him. That's him. Hey, right, mom, right, hey, right, guys, Okay, guys, sorry, guys, sorry. Guys, okay. Right, go on, go on. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Well, I th- I think we 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 did an interview with a guy from Pornhub for an hour, and we didn't get any close to like vibrator for. for yeah, yeah, we never said we, we yeah, never that. Got and there. SpongeBob at yeah, the same time. Oh, SpongeBob. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway, after all that jewelry stuff, yeah. closed the business, came back to Israel because we are crazy. We love Israel. You know, yeah. it's our home. Nobody's. Right. That's where my family is, <laughs> and I wanted to come back home, so I came back and continued here. But I've got my Australian citizenship. I go uh, whenever I want. and uh, So out of the 2019 elections, you're the only one who can actually win. <laughs> you can just go <laughs> I away. can go, yeah. Yeah, like the 10th of April. It's like, yeah. oh, results are in. Come on, guys. Bye. Bring White the, peaches. Yeah, no, bring, peaches. Bring, the, bring the PlayStation games. Bring, yeah. Pack it up. Like. So that's me yeah. in a nutshell. Amazing. Okay, so... Oh my god, there's so much. And what do I do on my holiday? I feel like she should call that part like the, the 12 years. She really like affected me with that. I was like, oh my god. She like she came well, out and she was like, Australia, they sell more. food in one big store and they have all these different variety. What is this? And I was like, supermarket. And you're like, yeah. have I've never seen one of these. <laughs> twelve years a slave. That's what it was. Titled. <laughs> well, it's twelve years of high tech work in Israel. Yeah. Before yeah. that was the time in Australia, which was a lot more sane and balanced because they are Australia. just normal country, yeah. normal people. Yeah. They know how to they live. Worked at work time. And they they like know how live. to yeah. balance. You know, I had a conversation with my boss once. I mean, after like a year at work there, mm-hmm. uh, my boss came and he sat next to me at like 5.30 p.m. And he's like, Flat, we need to talk. And I'm like, fuck. I thought I was doing well, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I thought I'm a good programmer, like the trying hard, working yeah, hard. Yeah, looks I mean, awesome. <laughs> I did well. And he's like sitting next to me, we need to talk. And I'm like, okay. And he looks at me and goes, listen, it's 5.30. How many people do you see in the office? And I'm like, a few. And he goes, well... Exactly. You need to go home. You're staying every day after 7, 7.30, and it's not right. You need to yeah. go do stuff, like go to the bar, go to the gym, go to your friends, do stuff. And I'm like, really? And he says, yeah, it's not right. People don't need to see you staying here if there's no emergency, and there isn't. If no. there's a deadline, that's fine, but there isn't. So you you need to go thing. live your life. You and I'm like, talk here in oh my God, I'm in Australia. <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah. You get the same talk here in Israel, but they say you're fired. You can go home, yes. go to a bar, yeah. go live your life. Yeah. Exactly. That's so the, here you go home at 7.38 and people are like, oh, working yeah. half Slacker. a day. Yeah. Slacker! You know, and that's, You'll be available on email later on. After day, I right? graduated, I worked three months in a company in Ramat Hayal. Yeah. It was my first job. I was one girl, I would say. I was 22, 23 in a team of 13 male programmers, most of them Russian. And me, <laughs> they were amazing programmers. They helped me a lot. But I worked from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day for three months. Oh, and then crazy. I looked at myself and said, is this what I signed up for in high tech in Israel? It's crazy. 
I'm going back to Australia. I came back for that. I wanted to try and work here. But I said, this is not normal. I don't want to spend my day at work all day. So I went back to Australia and I found a nice job. All the Israelis right right now are like So I mean, like, Israel (laughs) has to really stop, uh, like, working people so much. People get tired. They get burned down. And I work very hard at aerobotics as well. But, you know, I took it on and, and I did my balance. But so how, how, when you're a junior, you can't do that. Yeah, like, you, can't, you can't. You can't make and, your own balance. But if your employer is is conscious enough, they will help you get through that yeah. time. And most companies don't do that. So the culture is so important. Right. So, so I'm going to jump yeah, uh, into the future, working at aerobotics mm-hmm. a little bit. So first of all, the, so working with aerobotics, I think that was like really intense. You you started. Yeah. Were you their first marketing person? Yeah, I was the first and only marketing person for a while. Okay. Uh, I was brought in after a year and a half that the company was uh, was working. Uh, it was in complete stealth mode. There was a product in beta. Mm-hmm. There was a um, two design partners slash customers, first customers. There were 50 people in the company. They raised 20 eight million dollars already in a and b round i mean they completed all that in a year and a half so there was a lot done already and the product was working and i came in and they said look you did something amazing where you were in the previous company we want you to do the same here can you do that and i looked at at everything at all the parameters and the the technology the people the the market, the product market fit, the timing, everything. And it was like a blessing. It was like, so I, you know, yeah. it's like, this is what a marketeer needs. This is heaven. I can take all that and build something that is going to be truly exciting for the market. And I can build a very, very interesting brand. I mean, that was, mm-hmm. that was what guided me. And so after five days, I signed the contract and I started. And it was crazy from the first moment. And uh, a lot of people ask me, how did you build that kind of brand? Like, yeah. Because no one knew about that company. And there were some or many drone companies, not many in Israel, but many in the world. And drones were starting to take off, literally. And, um, and it was a challenge. How do you rise above the noise and create something that is truly appealing, that is different? And... Aerobotics had a, an advantage to begin with because because the product is unique. So yeah. there's there is like an the, advantage the box, there. The yeah, the box, the design. Very futuristic. I mean, it's yeah, very cool. the the whole thing was really supreme, like and well well done. But I had to take that and tell a very very interesting story, and did, I had to tell it right. Are you the one right. who did like the storytelling for completely? This so okay. we started with a with a brand strategy. That's the first thing I did when I came in. We worked on the brand for about two or three months and we created a very strong brand values, brand strategy, the messaging, our um, shape and form and who we want to be, how Mm -hmm. we want to be perceived. And then I built a marketing strategy. What was the process for that? First of all, I I worked with an external company, so with an agency that did branding and uh, you, we did a you, you lot can do of back and forth. If you like, like if you want to say uh, something yeah, good they about were, the company, I, right? I think. Hold on, I, f- um, I forget the name. Oh, it will come back. Sure. Um, damn. It's okay. We, we, I forgot. I'll, we'll I'll remember later. I'll, I'll remember later. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they were. Ah, uh, Firma, Firma, Firma. Ah, Firma. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They were pretty good, and we, we did a lot of back and forth until we find that sweet spot of how we need to be, who we need to be. And it was kind of like Transformers meeting Iron Man. (laughs) In a nutshell, right? It's a lot deeper than that, but just to simplify that for people. And I basically built a marketing strategy. I created a deck just for the strategy. And my official first day at work, because I did all that before I actually started, but my official first day at work was on a plane on my way to Silicon Valley to meet with the board and pitch that strategy so oh. that they can give me the green light so I can start executing uh, until we launch the company because everything was stealth. Okay. 
So I, I went there, I pitched, they were all happy. This is including Noam Berdin, the CEO of Waze, yeah. oh, and uh, wow. John Malloy from Blue Run Ventures, and Izel from CRV, like people, Richard Wooldridge, people that are like that top notch. Yeah, scary. they're all like looking at my, my deck. Like um, they had like one or two comments. I remember Noam was saying some stuff. But all in all, I was expecting like a lot yeah. of backlashes and all in all, they were happy so and they were like, looks good. How did you go about thinking about the marketing strategy? The because, strategy? Because you're, you're talking about the company yeah. as if it's an easy company. No. Like, the settings was easy because it was like good product, good team, etc. But yeah. it's not like a sexy in, industry. Not at all. And or, especially where, when the first uh, markets were industrial markets in mining, yeah. oil and gas, industrial facilities, like things that are far from being sexy. Right. But my goal was to go and find those people, those decision makers in those end of the world places and understand how they think, how they make decisions, where they are, and build such a compelling story that it would talk to both my mom yeah, and, and those miners at the how, same how time. Did you, how do you find them? How do you, so, like, how do you start? So how did I start? First of all, we, we kind of bet on Australia as the first. I mean, we didn't bet. It was after a market research. But the market research showed us that we need to go to Australia first because that's where we had the biggest concentration of mines um, with the culture and everything else. So we decided to go there. So my first goal was to try and uh, pinpoint a PR firm in Australia that specializes in mining. Because okay. they would know the people, they right. would know the events, they would know the publications. That would be my best way in. And that's what I did. I found three or four PR agencies in Australia that specialized in mining and oil wow. and gas. That's so yeah. specific. And, and <laughs> yeah. I pitched all of them. And one of them, and, and they all came back to me. And I did like a little tender and one of them won. And I hired them straight away. That was my first um, outsourced hire. And we started working. And... Two months after, they told me, listen, the biggest and most important mining event is going to take place in August called Diggers and Dealers. <laughs> you have to be oh here. This could either be it's like, like mining and, and marijuana. Oh, yeah. <laughs> diggers and Dealers. It's either, it's either like a... It's actually a lot of alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> it's either something that happens in Texas or, or yeah. in Australia. Yeah. That's the only... Two or options. in Arizona, yeah. So... Um, I went there. I mean, we, we geared up to go there and we had a presence for the first time and it was a really good show and we met everyone in the industry and before I knew it, I became friends with all those mining people and I visited Australia very often, every couple of months and we really opened that market. I mean, it was both being physically there and meeting all the people and creating those relationships. So, so this is... Uh, and online, digitally. So j just, just think about this as like an insight for, for the startups or... This is like the version of this of like being doing the scrapey things. Like this is like the um, finding like the first people who would support you, yeah. etc. Most companies can do it on Skype, I guess. Like other other industries, which are simpler. But for this, it's like you said. Okay, we need to meet these people. We need to get in touch with them. So it was about really finding out the first people you can interact with that would be, that would be relevant. It was clear to me. I'm less I'm less of an expert on B two C, but in B two B, I can tell you for sure that if you're not rubbing yourself against the market really early on, and then during your yeah. time, then you're not doing it right. You have to feel. The people, the right. market, the culture, you have to feel everything. You have everything. to have the conversation with them. And when I say feel, I mean look at someone in the eyes, but also get that form from the website from someone who's asking a question and read each and every one of them at least for a year before right. you give it to your team member. You have to feel everything. Right. I mean, that's how I do it, and, and it works. And so, yeah, you got to be out there. And for the young startups that are, you know, looking at how they're going to do it, just start with the first vertical that you um, that you have your instinct yeah. and your research that that's going to be the vertical that's going to work. Do a, a lot of activities that are going to very quickly validate that for you, prove mm -hmm. to you whether you're right or wrong. And if it's right, continue, go deeper. If it's wrong, just move on to the next vertical. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, I mean, that was an experience in itself. The thing with aerobotics and, and building the brand it's that, and people ask me, you know, you told a very interesting story, so everyone wanted to listen. It was very compelling, right. the tech, the funding, the blah, blah, blah. But the way I see it is, it's not a story. It's a book. 
really. For aerobotics, I really, I mean, I and, and the, the team, and obviously Ran was, was amazing at that. We wrote a book, and that book was comprised of different themes. And we had to make sure that each one of those themes is like a thread that is being... Um, is being measured throughout time and being drawn throughout time and we have to talk about regulation all the time because that's the, the one of the most uh, challenging points for a drone company so regulation was one of those threads uh, funding was one of those threads because obviously that raises credibility mm -hmm. and then tech obviously yeah. was another thread uh, the people behind, so building Ran as a thought leader, and uh, I mean, I didn't need to do much to build him as such because he is, but yeah. I just had to do, um, I had to reveal that, it. right? Uh, yeah, like present it. it. So doing that with the right people, Mayr in his field, Ran in his mm -hmm. field, other people in the company that are amazing at what they do, myself as well, so building the brand for each one of those people, that's another yeah, thread. They're an expert's company. Exactly. Yeah. So there are experts and people want to talk to us and consult with us, even if it's not directly related to the business, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. And then we get invited to speak at events that are not like 100% related to what we do, but then you become an expert. And so all these threads had to be drawn throughout time. And then this book was created very slowly and mm -hmm. nicely. And so when you talk to someone from aerobotics, there's a lot you can talk about because you're exposed to many different things. Yeah. And the tech is just one of them. And so, um, yeah, so I think really building not just a compelling story, but a compelling book and thinking about all those different threads throughout time is something that, that marketeers in startups have to start thinking about because if you don't invest in creative <coughs> marketing very early on you just get drawn to the tactics and you just yeah. think SEO PPC whatever all day yeah. and and you're gonna at some point it may work for a while but at some point one uh, hose is gonna get drained and you're gonna have to come up with another and you'll just yeah. be finding yourself patching 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 when you start building your brand and strategize on your brand very early on, it's like a long-term investment. It's right. like it's like buying a you know real estate and and knowing that it's there and one day it's going to give you a lot of money because it it's just working when you have an entity that is really interesting. You know, yeah. when I left, people were like shocked and especially you know that's funny the mining people in australia they were so beautiful people and a lot of my friends that are there they were like shocked because they don't know startup culture for them you're in mining you're there for like 10 15 20 years you're not like leaving after two three years what is she doing <laughs> like this is weird so, right so when i left people are like yeah. what left what's what's wrong what's what's happening yeah. aerobotics is everything okay and whatever and and then they realize like we explained to them that it's just normal that that's the way it is but the good thing is, even when I left, even when people were worried, the brand was so strong that it just carried on. No problem, yeah. you know. There is more to tell. There is more to show. There's always interesting stuff happening. And my successor, Kathy, is doing an amaz amazing job in continuing that thread. But once you build a very strong brand, you have an asset. And yeah. so we always talk about how the brand is like the, multi like the ultimate multiplier. It's like... Like Apple doesn't have to worry about SEO, <laughs> right? Like Apple doesn't even like it, like Apple can almost say whatever she want they want, and it's probably like gonna be okay. Yeah. Right. Like they have because you you don't have to talk about so many of the things, uh, the technical things when you're Apple because like nobody's saying oh tell me why this is uh, a really great piece of glass for my phone. You, yeah. you just know that Apple will create a premium product and that's it. Exactly. So so brand, I agree that brand is the ultimate the ultimate multiplier. Israeli startups and most never think about that. They, it's not that they don't think. They don't even know. We are not educated as Israelis to think marketing. Whereas yeah. in the U.S., if you think about it, most of the entrepreneurs that are starting up companies have studied marketing or have some background in entrepreneurship and marketing. Right. And when they start their startups, they think that way. They think market, product market fit. They think about all those things that a marketeer is normally thinking about. Yeah. And and our CEOs here in Israel or our entrepreneurs, founders, are mostly coming from background of tech, R&D, product. Right. They're very technical. 
which is amazing, right? It's a different strength, but they have no knowledge of what they really need in order to to yeah. go to market. Or how to communicate their products. Or how to communicate else. and what kind of value it brings them if they think marketing from the beginning. And so I had the opportunity of speaking to many founders, entrepreneurs mm -hmm. and uh, and investors in the past three months while I'm on holiday. And a lot of them are coming to consult with me. I do some consulting here and there and some of them want to hire me. And I have a conversation with everyone and I try to feel the, the status or where, they, where they're at in mm -hmm. their understanding of marketing. And what I see, and I know this is a generalization, but what I see is that most founders and entrepreneurs, they invest in their R&D, in their product. We all know that. And they then come and they say, okay, now I need PR, so I need a marketing person. Now I need, uh, I don't know, lead gen, so yeah. I need a marketing person. Now I need SEO, so I need a marketing person. And that is totally the wrong way to look at 100%. it. And so when I sit with them, I ask them a question. If you're now setting up your company, right? You're gonna set up your R&D department. Are you going to take a junior marketeer a uh, junior uh, um, developer for you as a, yeah, as your as first, first hire, hire and they'd go no way i'm going to take the best programmer there is he's going to be like experienced and done yeah. stuff and it may may even be the cto himself i said okay great so why would you take a junior marketeer as your first hire just to patch things up and then i'd ask them another question if you took that if you have your cto or your vpr and d right mm -hmm. Would you let that person work on his own for the first three or six months? He said, no way. He needs a team, right? He needs developers. He needs programmers. I said, exactly. A CMO yeah. needs a team. He needs people to operate that marketing strategy. The CMO needs to create the strategy and he needs a team. So it's exactly the same. And people just don't even think marketing that way, is the, right? I think, yeah, and Israel Marketing is the only department where they bring this one person. One person. And they expect him like, to yeah, die. SEO, social media, Yeah, you got to be a magician. Yeah, you're marketing. For you're not do paid right you're a marketing like, magician yeah that's always like this one person and he has to do all these like crazy time consuming tasks think strategically yeah. in advance get no budget because you have to first prove like uh, you know how many no's i said to people that offered me those kind of jobs no, no, said, I, I, just don't get it that's not how you build a good 100%. company not even a marketing organization a good company a good company needs a solid leg of marketing right and like they never want to give budgets to it they always yeah. say, like if we prove that the budget is working we'll give more budget and like but Some if, of them say, you're going to be on your own, you're going to do everything, but we're okay for you to take uh, contractors and hire yeah. people from the outside. I said, so what's the difference? Just bring them in. Let's create a team. I want my people in-house. I don't want to work with 15 subcontractors like I did in robotics for the first uh, six months. For, can, you know, can I ask a weird crazy. question? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm like, I don't, yeah. it's funny. <laughs> like Roy's like fully in it. I'm like, I'm standing outside going. Okay, I get what she's saying. This makes sense to me. I've known this for a while, like because I'm a marketer and I don't have an opportunity to be anything else. Uh, but then I turn around and I say, okay, so the first hire. So let's say you turn around and you said, the right way to build a company is just like you know you have the founders. One of the main people is going to be the CTO immediately that they're going to go and get, and you need to have a marketer. That marketer theoretically is the CMO, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, what? well, it doesn't have to be, but yes. Yeah, 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 but like you would want senior, to have a yeah. CTO, a, C a CMO. You'd like to have the top people kind of like there. Yeah. What are the traits of a CMO? Um, mm. Like what are the main things that this person is supposed to do? Because I know for a fact that I am not a CMO. Mm -hmm. I'm uh, the creative and I have a marketing because I, I frame everything into a story immediately. Right. But that's not what I – but I'm not a CMO. And right. the way that I define a CMO is more like Roy's uh, – data-driven, uh, like, kind well, of, Well, that like, depends on the so. industry and the company. If it's yeah. very data-driven and has well, to think, be has I think to that be the person who's the CMO is generally the high up looking down at the at all the different details. He needs to be at the top, so they need to have some sort of understanding of all the different things that are happening, all the data that's happening. So I, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll stop saying my opinion what a CMO is and ask you, what is a CMO and it's, what it's are the differences according question. to industry? It's a very good question, and I see some articles being written about this lately, about what a CMO should be. And we also, in my group, my community, uh, GCMO, Global CMO Forum, we get a lot of 
uh, job descriptions for CMOs in Israel uh, because there are look a lot of companies are looking mm. and most of the job descriptions look the same and people are just focusing on the tactics again and experience, so SEO experience yeah exactly knows to do this this a, yeah. a magician mm-hmm. but big scale yeah. and then uh, like a big magician Lord of the Rings. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was about to say, like, we're talking <laughs> like Hagrid looking. Uh, <laughs> Randolph. What, what's his name? Uh, uh, Gandalf. 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 I saw a guy in a, in a Gandalf costume. They need a Gandalf. He looks good. Then he's anyway, a great CMO. Yeah. <laughs> so think about that Gandalf. The first and the very first thing a CMO has to have is a strategic understanding of the business and strategic thinking. Because if he's a strategizer, he can see the chess game. can see yeah. he she can see the the play what's the play for the company short term long term and then the strategy that he or she will create will have to be matching that market those goals of the company the short term goals the long term goals and they will change and it has to be a person that is very flexible and very creative because it's a startup so things will change very dynamically uh, it has to be someone that knows how to build things from the ground up, get them to work, delegate them, and move on to build another thing. It has to be a builder, a strategizer, a creative thinker, very flexible. So I'm thinking about traits a lot more than I am about you know, skills, like, SEO and PR, right. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because those skills, and, and that person is, the way I see it, has to be very, very um, ingrained in the business, understanding the customers, the market, the technology very right. well. be kind of the right hand of the CEO to understand the way he's thinking or she's yeah, thinking. You have yes. to, that's what I was going to ask you. I was going to say, so right now, part of what you said sounded like a, like a visionary almost. In a and way. A strategy. In a way. way. I But mean, is the CEO not supposed to define well, kind of the vision and then the CMO sure. to, to kind of implement that or well, build a strategy to lead to that? Well, in some companies, CMO and CEO talk about vision together and create it. And in other companies, the CEO is dominant in doing it. And then the CMO is plugging into it. And then, you know, mm-hmm. brainstorming, right. expanding it um, I, and, and translating that into, like, what are we doing now? So the, the strategy translated into actions. I, I, think, I think that a lot of times you can see it in Israeli companies. You can see it very much because you have companies who have a lot of features and technical mm-hmm. abilities. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is that their market needs those features, but they don't know they have those features. Right. It's because like the way the marketing happens is that they talked about features in general, and they went from the most complex feature they have or the most proud technical feature yes. they have, achievement, yes. achievement yes. they made in their product, and they never ask, hey, what's the, what's the feature you care about the most? Of and course. when that person comes in and says, oh, we're actually this, and they're like, oh, that's super tech, uh, easy to do. Yeah, I don't care if it's hard or not. I just need a feature to work. Yeah. And they, when they market, they don't know which feature to lead with because they don't know what the market actually wants from them or what the decision-making process looks like or what they care about because they were consulting with their R&D, mm-hmm. not with the CMO. Mm-hmm. And the CMO kind of needs to always know how to, I think, in my opinion, you need to know how to leverage everything that happens into how do you use it to attract people. To your story to your strategy yes and that's where a collaboration a strong collaboration yeah. between the CMO and the product is super important because the product people more than I think the just the CMO sometimes the CMO is hitting yeah. product as well it's the same person but if mm-hmm. it's not then those product people have to be very hands-on on the market with the feedback from the market understanding the customer and translating Which basically that the CMO and the product and the need product. to have yeah. that kind of connection that bond for sure and Um, do you where does and it, that you want me to go through like a little list of if we're you know covered yeah, yeah, yeah. strategy yeah, what yeah, else should 100%. a CMO uh, be looking at okay so here's my schlief <laughs> so um, written for on sure, our market, hand market <laughs> research <laughs> on my hand yeah market research for sure analyzing verticals product market fit total addressable market um, competitive landscape and things like that planning so planning budgets programs marketing mix mm-hmm. um, branding and messaging obviously so the corporate identity the messaging look and feel values etc product marketing uh, value proposition sales enablement pricing models etc and again it depends on the company sometimes it's split sometimes it's the same thing Do you think the CMO department? Has, a, has a say in like pricing usually? Depends on the company. Sometimes okay. they do, sometimes they don't. In aerobotics, I didn't do that, but I think it's in many companies it's different, mm-hmm. definitely a uh, topic. And then tech, 
marketing automation, CRM, different tools that you're using, yeah. uh, content, obviously, the content marketing, uh, your content marketing strategy, your PR, your SEO, and obviously the distribution, the channels, uh, the processes. How much of this do you think the CMO should be able to do hands-on in a way? Well, I can tell you that out of that list, I did everything, I think, but pricing on my own before I had a big team did, that you, I could delegate. You did like the marketing automation yourself, hooking up the CRM to this. In the seven weeks that I had... No, but you also have a very technical background. I'm thinking that a lot of the CMO... No, a lot of, like... You know what? I'll, I'll give an explanation. You need a technical background to to well depends implement HubSpot. No, for HubSpot not. But I, I'll, I'll explain. We interviewed Elad Levy a while ago. Okay. Who came from K Logic? He's one of the yeah. Best. I worked with him. Yeah, he's a so, good guy. So he worked with K. Yeah, so he's one of the, like the best technical marketers mm-hmm. that I know. Mm-hmm. So the way he understands things and the way he approached like the automation and technical stuff, he's like way beyond most of technical marketers I know. So he knows how to create like massive amounts of like content or opportunities through yeah. those automations. Now my question is, I'm not talking about just like doing like a simple webhook or just like a, yeah. you know just like a connect API upload file to DNS whatever. I'm talking about the more complicated automation things like workflows, like scoring, like what? Well, well, scoring behavioral. Yeah, I, I I think. Yeah, behavioral attribution might be well. Some then of those take things. an agency that Python does it really stuff. well. I do. Yeah. Well, yeah, scripting obviously. Yeah. Well, you can take a good agency. I worked with Penguin Strategies. They're pretty good in HubSpot, yeah. and there are others. And there are a lot of stra- uh, agencies that do good BI, business yeah. intelligence, and automation to a very deep level. I didn't need to go that deep. I okay. just needed to put the foundations there so that I have a lead generation process that's working. Right. And I didn't even get to doing scoring because everything was moving so fast and leads were coming in. So I didn't have that. I didn't get there yet. Yeah. But, um, but if you want to get deep and build a very strong automation uh, protocol, then do it with an agency. For sure. So do you think the CMO needs to be... So when I, I talk a lot about this, when I talk about the growth lead in the company. Yes. Like the, because... Um, do you think that the CMO should be uh, know how to do hands-on most of the things or be very aware of most of the things? Meaning that, for example... I think that's very hard to demand that a CMO will know to do yeah. everything. You know, but they need to know what it is and what it can bring, what kind of value yeah, it can okay. bring, at least so that they can decide when's the right time to exercise a specific tactic. Mm-hmm. And how much to invest in it, yeah. have the judgment at least. Okay. But yeah, they, yeah, but they don't need to know to do everything. Yeah. It's rare. And if you're like me and you're an, a person that loves learning uh, on your own and you can go take a webinar and exercise on your own, then great. You know, yeah. you, you can learn more and more, but not everyone is yeah. crazy like that. I, I even open my newsletters to HTML and fix them. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm a programmer, right? Yeah, it makes <laughs> it's sense. crazy. No, like it's interesting because I, I really think you know one one of the things that that's been happening. I forgot. Yeah. One yeah, thing no, I wanted to say. Say. It's related to the previous question, but it's really important. We say. talked about startups and how they don't get the value of marketing early on. By the way, it doesn't have to be first day. It can be after a year, after six months, depending on the company and when it's ready to go to market and start building that strategy, right? But what I wanted to say is that a company, a company's value in marketing from very early on will translate to the valuation. Of course, 100%. Right? And that's another thing that entrepreneurs in Israel don't get. Your valuation will be... I don't, it's hard to say in percentages, right, like 40, course. 50% of your valuation thanks to your good marketing. But if you have killer marketing, that's definitely a, a formula to bring your valuation up significantly. And startups that have an interest in taking their startups further right. and raising more and more money and getting good investors on board, they have to understand that with good marketing, they can get there. Yeah, usually what happens is that you get a, a company as an agency, see, like a, a startup, we see it all the time, that people come to us and like, we are about to abroad, like the next round of investments, we need to get some good press out there, we need to get some marketing out there, mm-hmm. so people will know who we are. We have two months to do it, and you're like, no, it's not going to happen. Well, that's what I did, but it's very, very hard. Well, it, it, it's, it's, it's... It's like commando marketing. As an agency, that's suicide. As, a, as an agency, for sure, it's suicidal. Yeah, because you know you're not going to get the resources. They're going to fight you for budget. 
They're yeah. not going to do 90% of the things you say oh, they should yeah. do. And the CEO doesn't want to get involved. That's what I love the most, right? You have all these companies like we need to build thought leadership. What would the CEO do? Nothing. <laughs> You're going to have a CMO with big balls. Yeah. <laughs> If yeah. you want to run something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's very hard, but it's it's doable, but it's very very hard and I'd recommend anyone that wants to launch a company properly to take at least four to six months like yeah, preparation time. It's very hard. Depending on the company and what it wants to achieve. Right. Yeah. Um, well, I have a question, a uh, robotics question, because I'm, yeah. when we met, I remember I was surprised. You you said SEO. Yeah. Can I say that? Can I say yeah, that? Yeah, you can say everything that I told you. Okay. <laughs> okay. So you said everybody, nobody knows what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 just kidding. So you said, like, I was surprised. You, you said SEO was working amazingly well for you guys at a time. I don't know if it's like, and I was so surprised because I didn't think that would be an industry where search volumes yeah. or... search would be very meaningful like we work for example with a lot of cloud computing companies uh-huh. and search volume for a lot of those terms are close to zero so there's a thing the search volumes were low yeah were very low in some of the key words and the key phrases that i insisted on including in my research mm-hmm. the the volume was even non-existent but okay. i insisted and i told k k logic i yeah. said some of those keywords i'm going to be the leader of Like, we're going to educate the market. We're going to write enough content and create enough content around those terms that those terms are going to start being popular, you'll see. And they were like, okay, your call, like we said. Yeah. They, they don't want to take responsibility, yeah. right? Right. And, and I insisted on some of them. Others were, like, ones that were doing okay. But most of the volumes were shit. And we had to invest a lot in good uh, content marketing strategy to get to where we wanted to. But it started picking up. And slowly but surely mm-hmm. I think it took about six to eight months before we saw the first like growth in, in organic uh, search but yeah miners were searching for drones and mining drones for inspection drones for surveying that uh, is SEO talk <laughs> it's like the old that's phrases that's SEO yeah, yeah like surveying drones there there are a lot of you just get have to get to the niche that you're in and understand what people are talking about and what they're looking for what they want and start developing but the volume probably still is very low maybe conversions are very high B2B is not yeah. sh- huge numbers anyway right I think that aerobotics had a traffic of about 20,000 uh, a month It's not a lot, but no. for aerobotics, it's a lot. No, leads, that's the industry. The lead count, the incoming lead count from the website was about 400 leads a month. It's not bad. Uh, it's not bad, so... <laughs> the lights just went on. <laughs> right. Maybe I okay. said something uh, like... Yeah, right. Epiphany. Epiphany. 400 leads. Wow. The whole light... No, but yeah, the um, surveillance for, for rise is now uh, far, how did they get 400 leads I'm trying to and this might be because I work in the Israeli industry high tech industry I'm trying to understand now so you have we've defined what the CMO is yeah where does the creative director fit into this oh I would have loved to have a creative director in my team what I did have that was close to it was a video producer and a graphic designer in-house We're in my team kind of thing like they're not kind of they're, they're creative super creative they're... people both of them and he, he's an artist and a video designer developer director mm-hmm. everything and she's a master in graphics And design and together with me we were like the creative team but if I had a the luxury of having one person that their role is copywriting creative you know just the creative thinking that would be gold I didn't have the budget or the the you know the yeah. means what would to be do the it. interaction like what would be the responsibility of the CMO and the responsibility of the, of the creative director and I know this is very strange to ask and it might be very strange yeah. a broad task but here in Israel you I feel like it's a hundred percent legitimate question because I don't really think that there's people a do it like if you wrote the, if you say looking for a CMO that could mean anything yeah. looking for a creative director that could also mean anything yeah, 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 only yeah. when you get to the point where you say looking for a graphic designer does it get a little bit yeah, more clear yeah. but still there's three different types of graphic right. designers that you don't know which one you're gonna get right so for me I'm just trying to understand um, what what is this so I see it as like the CMO is doing something he's giving something a task to the creative director does the creative director get create his own task what is it my favorite task for a creative director if I had one would be go think <laughs> go think about right I would give that creative director 
those sparks of ideas that I would come up with because I have them all the time, but I have no time to do anything with them. Mm-hmm. I have to be in the day-to-day and the burning stuff and the urgent stuff. So when I had the spark of idea, I'd go to my creative director and I'd go, go think about that. How can we crack that? What can we do with that? And then the creative director would come back to me and say, I've got an idea for a campaign. I've got an idea for I don't know what. But what you would be Let's finding would be... Let's do this. Let's do that. And then he would manage the team members, the operational team members, to execute that idea mm-hmm. and, you know, and do a program. But those, that, that thing that you have, that little flair that you say, okay, I need someone to go think about this more, It's it, it comes from what? You look and you say, from, here's a niche or something that we're missing, here's a hole that we could fill. It could come fill. from here's various a- places, either from a conversation I had with the CEO about a problem or a need that came up with investors, with board, with whatever. It can come up from conversations I had with customers or even questions that I saw that come up uh, or a gap that we have that we haven't filled in yet in marketing, right? Like, so it can come from various places. Okay. Things that, you know, problems or challenges or things that don't work just spark ideas for me. That's the way I, I'm... Yeah. We had that with uh, Ad Levy also where yeah. he said like, there are like small moments but he actually, I don't know, he either finds the time or he, he fi- or he says it says slightly like a distraction where he ends up starting to go in a different direction because he goes, ooh, I found something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then just goes and, then and just does goes. it. So that's one of the things I had with uh, the video cast that I'm uh, recording now. I, uh, I I was having a conversation with my good friend, Eliav. He's also in marketing and we're both like crazy about marketing and talk about it all the time. And we just dig and dig, you know, in Hebrew, with, yeah. uh, <laughs> with marketing That's why chit-chat. me and lawyer friends. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, and one day I just told him, just like you guys do this, I told him, let's just put it on camera. So we'll see if people can get value out of our nonsense. Yeah. And so we did that. And we started talking about our ideas in camera and before we knew it it picked up so now we're doing this video cast and it has nothing to do with my work but it's something that i enjoy doing and imagine if i was in aerobotics or any other company right now again a similar thing could have happened we could have done like a video cast or a podcast for the company on a regular basis because i i can do it i just never have time to get to those things and same with, with GCMO, the Global CMO Forum community that I'm one of the founders. It's it's coming from a need, a problem, a challenge. Like there are so many CMOs in Israel that don't have a community to to get advice from, to find the network, to consult with. They're most of the time part of a management of a company where they're the only people that are masters in their field and they can't consult sometimes not even with the CEO about professional stuff so they need yeah. that community and so it came from that it's need like the top that's of the pyramid is so lonely <laughs> that's what you <laughs> that's what it sounds so like sad. right on top of the pyramid yeah, th- there's think, only I room for one CMO, it's fun I think the CMO is I'm, I'm thinking of what you're saying about the structure and, and I think the CMO is the only one that kind of always feels that the company is kind of against him you know what I mean? Because the CMO always have to come up with ideas and stuff that they want to do. Nobody thinks it's very important. And you're like always a distraction for a lot of those companies. Yeah. They look at the CMO as like the person distracting them from product, from money. R&D. Yeah, it's like they're always work, working for budgets. But like nobody wants to like talk with you about your ideas. They're just like, oh, just get leads or whatever. Right? They're like, that's... No. I didn't experience that, no. Okay, I, I can say that I totally resonate. Like I'm not the CMO of anything, but I can watch CMOs and you're just going... Yeah, this it is, is how, frustrating this is sometimes, them. but if you have a, if you've built that rapport where your yeah. campaigns are actually bringing results and you're showing them, you have to work in marketing internally as well. You have to show your, of course, your yeah, results. but that comes it, out so much later in most companies. They're like yeah. internal marketing is never a thing that they think of investing in. Listen, it's so simple. The employees, if they see, like, if they feel and see what marketing is doing for a company. Mm-hmm. they're becoming ambassadors straight yeah, away. they get pride, they feel connected. They, exactly, they feel... and they talk about it, and then it starts building your uh, community, your fan base, because they're, like, appreciating the stuff you do. Some of them don't understand what you do, but they see the results, and then they come talk to you about it, and then you have to spark that conversation internally. And so, I mean, f- finding resistance is is easy you can find it anywhere but right. i found most of the resistance in the politics in the you know um who's managing whom 
is the region responsible for stuff or is the corporate responsible for stuff because we had global offices yeah. I mean, when you start growing it's more of the politics that is coming in the way but less about ideas for campaigns or ideas for but, um, let's do this let's do that or the company needs to go here or there that was less of an issue I did find that at times you know when people don't understand much about marketing they would come and say okay PR has done its duty we got what we wanted from it now we don't need it anymore let's do this yeah. and I'm like hey I'm the one to say whether we're doing PR or not like right. you know PR is PR you got to do it all, all the, the time. time it's content uh, <laughs> you can't just stop but so those kind of things will come up and I would have to bounce them off and yeah. push them back so I'm thinking and how do you push back with that I just say got it Am I still responsible for the budget? They would say yes. I said, good. But do you let find me, that you Let me reshuffle it? my budget. The way I see it, I'll yeah, present data, it like to you. Yeah, like that's what it is. You of course, have to I'll basically... present it to you, and then I'll come back, and I'll show what I want to do, how I'm going to shuffle my budget. I'm going to present the plan going forward. Everyone will sink on it. There'll be some changes, but then I'll get a green light. And I'm, then I'm trying improve. to think, because as you were talking, I was thinking, is this a difference between being agency versus in-house? And also, is it like industry related? Because for example, uh, working with B2B, mm -hmm. or not, well, it's not B2C, but let's say, I, I call it like massive, um, what, you know, when you talk about like marketing products, for example, yeah. it's B2B, but it's like light B2B. It's not like, it's not like a business to industry, let's say, or business to enterprise. Um, so the patience is very low most of the time, because like when you're, just, let's say, young startup uh, or even you get invested and in, you need to show growth really fast yeah. when you have the potential of getting like to millions of users because your product has that potential like a SaaS product mm -hmm. so the numbers have to be really high very fast yeah. for people to trust you yes and raising up like the marketing brand or or building up the market takes a lot of time that's right and if they don't see results quickly, they right. will they so, will fire the agency. <laughs> yeah. So for agency, no, but it also happens. you know I see I see it like work like watching the CMOs we work with from in companies, and they're like always super stressed because like yeah. they have a pro like the the, the yeah, product. Yeah, they will get they will get pressured from the CEO as well. Yeah. If it doesn't work, let's like get the product rid of doesn't that. really play ball with them. The product really doesn't want to involve uh, like product uh, like marketing. And so they get this product which you have to push really fast. They don't have to the do... The product doesn't want to, again, say that. The, the product team yeah, doesn't really play nice with the marketing oh, okay. a lot of the time. Okay. Because product is always about features, features, yeah, features, yeah, yeah, features. Yeah. They don't care about the, the customer at all yeah. some of the time. Some of the companies, of course. Um, and then like, the, the CMO will say, like, okay, we are launching this product next month. Mm -hmm. Somehow it's like next month. We need to bring awareness, bring leads. And, and, and you're talking about stuff that the funnel may be long or um, it's just not a simple process to go through. Like also with marketing, it's like product. You need to find your fit, mm -hmm. the messaging fit, the, mm -hmm. the funnel fit. Uh, so they live very stressed because they, they don't have that time because there's like they're launching a product. It's a, they, get, they can get millions of users within a year because they have that much of an audience. Um, a, and they don't have the time to build a rapport a lot of the time. Yeah. So I'm wondering if it's like industry only, it's industry related or agency. Agency, obviously, like that's. What do you mean agency related? If the agency is not good. Enough? No, agency with agencies, you get zero patience, most of the time. To to the agency, like. To the agency, you don't yeah. have patience for for waiting and. Yeah, like they, like like you've been working you on a, you've been working on a product for three years. Yeah, the agency I'm sure has to pick it up in a day. That, um, you obviously have higher tolerance to people within your teams. However, I've seen a lot of startups that reshuffle and get rid of people in teams if things don't work quickly as well yeah. that's that's also a phenomenon i've seen huge efforts like things that are ridiculous that you could literally google and it says do not stop doing your blog like if you're you need to have consistent content yeah. coming out and companies going well i don't see the value where's yeah, the value yeah, right yeah. now and they go oh but, it's over and but that's like, what? what i want to ask you maybe you know more than me is that a problem we see mostly in Israel? Again, because of that lack of education to marketing and understanding that, that marketing yes. is, from, a, is from an the investment? Most part, from what I understand, again, I... It's I, less I, in the U.S. like that or in yeah, other markets. Yeah, because the U.S. has a lot of respect for um, 
for marketing. Exactly. Uh, when I was speaking, I, so again, he, I don't We're going there, back but, to the same point yeah. that Israelis, they're behaving so, not irrationally, but impatiently and yeah. without, you know, building things um, in a healthy manner, but rather very patchy and very quickly and very like right. working, do it, not working, stop it. And... And that's that's a bad they, vibe. They think it's lean, like, but it's not lean. It's just patchy. That's not lean. I mean, lean is, is different. It's, yeah, I mean, it's very specific. Like, yeah. So like, you you checkmark something, and you go to the next thing, and you complete right. things nicely, and you do them fast, and you're being dynamic. and yeah. but, but it's being managed. But this is like being a, ir- a bit irrational, and, uh, and I see that in a lot of Israeli companies, and I think it has to do with our Israeli culture. That we really don't try to build things very um, with a long-term strategy, and this is one of the things that my ex-boss in Orca mm-hmm. used to try and teach me all the time. Whenever I'd come to him with a plan, a marketing plan of some sort, uh, or a budget for the next year, he would stop everything and say, "Okay, and what's your three-year strategy?" What? <laughs> Three I'm years. Talking, I can make you money now. About? And, Orca, <laughs> and Orca wasn't a startup anymore. It was a 20-year-old company. So it was legit to ask that question. But in my way of thinking, being Israeli, it just didn't make fast, sense. Fast, you know, fast, it was like, like, let's achieve stuff. Yeah, and money check now. Let's do money, this. Here check, you go. Check, 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 check. And, and then build the next year. And he was like, no, I want you to start thinking long-term. And he was pushing that long-term onto me all the time. And I was thinking to myself, oh, David, what do you want from me? <laughs> I don't do long-term. <laughs> I'm like, I'm a short-term person. And, uh, I have I my resignation letter really, in my pocket. Like, I need like a week. <laughs> What's that? I'm like, I have a, a resignation <laughs> letter in my pocket. Whatever I can complete the next 30 days, yeah, that's yeah. what we do. Um, yeah, we say this like it's a culture I was culture there for thing. five and a half years. That's a long time. I have five yeah, and a half years. <laughs> specifically. Like, in, that's a long time to have a resignation years, letter. It's like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Did they give you a gold watch when you No, but I'm trying to understand... There's two things. One is a very big question, which I'm assuming no one in this room really has the full answer to. Um, or we might have an answer that would be something that you'd find on Google. Now that you dis- disrespected all of us. No, no. Which is just like... <laughs> is, is, and the second one is... is oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Got a little sassy. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, no. And the other everyone. one is... <laughs> <laughs> Don't even listen to this podcast. Everyone here sucks. Uh, no, but um, what I... <laughs> What I'm trying to say is that the end. Okay, so we're talking about the Israeli uh, mentality, culture thing, right? Yeah. I wonder what what it is. Like, what is what is the part? What because is what? What is the part that makes people look short term, money mm. quick, not survival the, mode? Yeah. So survival yeah. mode is it based on the fact that we have a bad uh, income to lifestyle ratio? Yes. Is it because the because the pressure is money? It's like there's a money pressure. It's yes. like. And in America, and again, I'm saying this mostly on recently I was in New York uh, visiting my family and stuff, and, and I spoke to a couple of startups and people there, and the way they spoke was so different. Yeah. I looked at my wife, I was like, let's move now. And I said, in Israel, my value is, is hard, there's hardly any value. People don't understand it at all. In America, they were like, of course we need you, and of course we know that it's going to cost money, and of course mm-hmm. we're ready for it, and we... And we've raised money and we know for this. And I'm like, mm-hmm. wow, this is yeah. amazing. Yeah. So then... we Our default is scarcity in Israel. It's not like abundance. Survivors, that's yes, what we it's all, not abundance. Like we don't, we don't <laughs> run around, build companies and run them like no. we have an abundance of everything. We live like stingers. Like, you yeah. know, we, we're very, very calculated. <laughs> yeah. And so it has to do with our mentality as Israelis, as <laughs> seriously as. But is it correct our... to be in that mentality because of the fact that we're getting founders and money from other Israelis in probably, Israel? Probably not. Like, you, I, like I think the survival mean, mentality right? is wrong. Of course, it's not. Um, uh, this it whole, might be wrong. The past if you think hour, that, I'm showing you why it's it's, it's our problem yeah. that we're like that. Yeah, and but we need to but, start. No, but I'm, t- I'm talking about that. I'm talking it. about that guy who's now made a startup and he's or now or a girl sorry <laughs> that human woman the you the you the humanoid the humanoid yes the humanoid it um so goes to a, to a person to raise money and says like this is what I plan to do with the money and the person in front of them is an Israeli who turns out and goes okay but I see here that you have this huge amount of money here for marketing and stuff that seems like a waste uh huh 
That's so, why, yeah, I agree so then with you. He, he, for him, yeah, so then you need American investors for someone to understand. No, well, no, some of, some of the Israeli investors are starting to understand also the importance of marketing. And I think, again, that's another goal of GCMO that we have. We want to raise awareness for what marketing importance is for businesses in Israel and that not everybody have to shift their marketing to New York or to the U.S. once they right. get to yeah. a certain stage because there are some really good marketing people here in Israel. So, no, <laughs> so I And I talk to a lot of investors as well, and I can tell you that there are a lot of VCs and a lot of private investors that do understand good marketing here in Israel, and they wouldn't necessarily look at that chart and tell that entrepreneur, that that's a waste. They would actually encourage it. And I also know that a lot of the investors or the VCs don't even want to get to saying to the entrepreneur, do this, not that. Like they, they're kind yeah. of careful. They don't want to kind of do that. But so it's a, it's a mission that I took on myself with GCMO to educate the market and to so show. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask the second yeah, question. The one I said, I'm not sure everyone completely. has a real answer for it yet. But like to educate the market and show how important it is to think marketing long-term marketing in israel marketing from early on like to have cmos that are strategic and you know partners with the management of the company from as early as you can and for vcs and, and investors to also acknowledge that so that's a mission that we took on with gcmo and that's what we're okay so we're i doing. i know that when you're we're coming to to an end right there's yes. okay so i just want i know this is like the weird part but even on shows on youtube they're like okay now make your pitch but like in in some way that's the answer to my question so what you guys are doing are approaching like the tactic that you're taking to achieve that goal of having people understand the value of marketing in Israel uh-huh. is to speak to whom with what and and how like that that's Well first of all we gathered the community so now we have power of about 50 CMOs of global companies in Israel and there's a threshold so we don't accept anybody it's just really the big bigger global uh, companies secondly that community is aligned on our mission and our values so that we're all good communicators so we spread that around where we are like I am now in this mm-hmm, podcast yeah. for example and then CMO-ing we it. we're yeah, C- we're CMOing it. it exactly and so we go on stages we talk about these topics uh, we don't go on stages to talk about that topic but we mention it and we uh, we're actually going to have we have our own meetup every month for the GCMO where we get together and we talk about different marketing stuff and we're going to do a um, GCMO event uh, probably with Google very soon here in Israel and we're going to have investors there the right audience yeah that that's we need what to I'm saying that, CEOs. Like, okay, you're saying CMOs are also yeah, lining yeah, up to be that. advocates and talk out yeah now we're but working now on they need to talk to we're the actually right working on branding the, the GCMO forum itself so this is one of the things we're doing with my three co-founders we're doing PR we're doing content we're doing branding for GCMO so that people understand that more we're doing an event soon. Uh, we have our meetups. We have a very choferet WhatsApp group. Very <laughs> and we're very active. So we just talk about it wherever we can. Um, we're also trying to bring some really good speakers from the U.S. to come and, and join our event. And so cool. we'll see if we manage to do that. But, yeah, we're, we're going to – I think we're going to do some positive work in shifting that – mindset of marketing in Israel and I think it's time because the industry is feeling like there are so many startups that fail right well, I, I a lot of them failed because of that too so yeah. so that's one thing that we could help and yeah cool I, th- I think I'm talking this from agency side it's so hard to have the con- that conversation with like the the client in a way some of the clients get it but a lot of the time what we you have to do is you finish the call with the teams and you have to talk with the CEO try and kind of get them into that mindset yeah so I'm, I'm excited about that yeah. thing yeah, thank you and for advocating for <laughs> yes us. and yeah. one of the things we do at GCMO between the CMOs we recommend um, uh, vendors to of each course. other so and we do that when we vouch for someone and we know that you know they're, they're long term yeah. and we can go with them we recommend each other so yeah that's another cool. thing we do Amazing. 
fun. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you pleasure. It was fun. Thanks for having me. I found uh, so much information here that I, I kind of feel that I need to unpack it myself. Whenever you want to talk SpongeBob or video games, oh, just I'm call so me. <laughs> Jonathan now starts a new podcast. Yeah. Which is about playing. No. <laughs> <laughs> the use of Fortnite compared to other. Uh, no. So, um, so to our listeners, thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you find yourself with one finger and one and two earbuds. And you're sitting on the bus. Put the finger on the person near your mouth. Put the earbud in their ear and let them listen too. It will be an amazing experience just, for them. Did you just promote harassment? That's that amazing. is right. Worldwide. That, that is was right. Great. But you know what? They'll yeah. thank you. And that's what's important. <laughs> wow. Did you? I, I thought you'd wow. like that one. <laughs> I loved it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, like, all right. Like, subscribe, bus, comment. Put your hands on the other person pushing me and say, don't scream. What the, what no, you just put your hand on there and you go, don't worry. I have the solution for all your marketing needs. Um, uh, thank oh you. God. Like, subscribe, and tell a friend. And uh, we'll, uh, you know. Yeah, see thanks you so much for joining week. us. I thought that was amazing. Thank no you so worries. much. Thank you. If you're listening, what Jonathan was about to say before he was harassing <laughs> the person next to him on the bus is that feel free to subscribe, review, share uh and spray paint this on your mall because uh malls like everybody knows that if you go to a mall you're looking for marketing podcasts that's right know All your right. audience people number yeah. one know you your guys audience are fucking stupid <laughs> <laughs> we've been waiting for 32 episodes for somebody to say that. yeah right right that was kind of like bucket list yes one. yeah <laughs> like the goal was like how long would it take to say <laughs> just say when are they gonna realize that this yeah. is what's happening yeah all right thank you guys <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> 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 <laughs>